Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Welcome back to the 301 Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Leo. And Leo is a 21-year-old sneakerhead. He's the founder of the sneaker platform HTG Sales. In this episode, you get to know everything you need to know about the sneaker business. You will also learn how Leo manages to run a business and is getting his bachelor degree at the same time. And you could also get a glimpse on his vision and that he's far from being done. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. And as usual, we will get started in 3, 0, 1. Leo, the question of the day, the first question, what sneakers are you wearing? I knew you were about <laughs> to ask that. Um, today I'm wearing Jordan 1 Shadows and they released in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, very beautiful shoes. Very beautiful shoes. <laughs> so as you can hear, it's about sneakers today. We have Leo Cebula. Is that uh, right? Cebula. Cebula. Cebula <laughs> in the, in the 301 podcast. So welcome, Leo. I'm very happy that you're here today. But before we get into it, before we have all the difficult questions, I want to give also you the chance to introduce yourself, who you are and what you do. Yeah, first of all, first of all, uh, thank you, Marcus, for the invitation today. I'm really happy to be here. A few things about me. I'm Leo. I'm 21 years old and I'm the founder of HDG Sales. And I sell limited clothing and shoes via my Instagram and my webshop. And that's what I do. Nice. <laughs> And you are 21 years old. 21, yeah. 21 years old and your own sneaker business. Yeah. <laughs> so you created a, a massive following in the past uh, two and a half years, I think. Yeah, around that time. Um, but how did you get acquainted with uh, fashion and the sneaker culture? How did it all start? Um, that's actually quite a funny story because I grew up in a very small village and back in 2015, 2016, Supreme became cool and you had the first Adidas Yeezy and stuff. So me and my friends, we used to ride to Munich to sign up for raffles. Raffles is where you can win the buying rights to get a shoe. And we never won anything and it was just like out of this world. Like nobody could get it. It was super exclusive, super limited. So we were all kind of flashed and it was just something interesting, something new. And then one time a friend of mine won a Yeezy, it was the Yeezy 350 Oxford Tan. And then me and my friend bought it and then sold it. And that was the first time I actually understood, hey, there's a market behind it and I can kind of profit of that and then buy my own shoes, you know, like I can finance my own shoes by selling. And that was a concept that I didn't know before. And how old were you when you had your first, when you bought your first sneakers? <sighs> like my first limited sneakers. That was back when I was 16 or 17. I started kind of late, to be honest. Um, and then it just went on and on and on and on. And it became my passion over time. And uh, but uh, maybe you have to like go back a little bit in, the, in that moment and that time also, like what kind of like feelings were like connected to it because you come from like a rather small village. Yeah, very small village. <laughs> and then uh, like, how did you hear from like the, the raffles that were going on? Like, was it, was it Instagram? Was it uh, Facebook this time? Um, um, I think it was Instagram and Twitter. And also um, there's a thing called cook groups where people that are interested in sneakers can exchange information. And this is how I kind of got into the scene step by step. Um, and YouTube, obviously, you had these big YouTubers in the USA unboxing Yeezys. And I was like, yo, what shoe is that? Like, no. what's, what's the fuss about it? What's the hype? Like, it's just a shoe, right? No. And that's how it, how it started then. Yeah, just a fascination. And when you flipped your first uh, sneakers, you like realized that it be can become a business? Or was that already before that you saw like the people like unboxing and that you think like, oh, maybe that, that's something that I want to do? Um, well, I saw other people doing it. And I thought like, wow, this is so cool. Like they're also running their own business. They're all young guys. Um, and they just make a living out of like for themselves from selling sneakers and like with their passion, yeah. the stuff they love. So like I always used to admire them. But when I first did it myself, then it hit me like, man, like who's there to hold me back? I can do this as well yeah. if I just put in work. And what is it that uh, fascinates you so much about uh, sneakers? Like 
it's I think it's connected to the subculture behind it. It's about street. It's about a feeling of, you know, you can distinguish yourself by wearing cool clothing. So it's a feeling of distinguishing yourself. But then also, contrary to that, it's, you know, a feeling of community. Because if I see someone wearing another colorway of my shoes, I'll be like, huh, nice. He, yeah. Like we share the same interests. And I feel this is, you know, the whole sneaker scene and fashion in general connects people especially young people and this is something i really love about it yeah and maybe let's circle back a little bit because i think not everyone is as familiar with the sneaker course, business yeah, and sneaker culture like how do, how does it work um to to that you end up with the sneaker and then okay. you are able to to resell it okay so i'm gonna start with a very basic explanation so let's say um, a store for example footlocker released a shoe that retails at 100 euros but the supply is lower than the demand. So the shoe will sell out, but then there are still people wanting to buy that shoe. So the price rises and this is where you can make money of it. And I have people that can secure me pairs by running automation software. I also know, you know, people from stores and stuff. I just build up a network mm. and this is how I manage to secure the pairs, also stuff on demand. I just know who to call, who to text in order to get the desired pair maybe also like uh, still a little bit in the past were you always like a entrepreneurial person because you're very young you're 21 years old <laughs> you were like you started it uh, when you were like 17 18 16 16 um, is that something that you that you always like to do or is that it just happened um, I never had the like specific ambition to run my own business and back then when I was 16 I used to work in a beverage store mm. back in my old village and like over time i realized okay if i put like my you know blood sweat and tears into this mm -hmm. i can make it work and i don't have to be dependent on anyone else it's all like it all comes down to me and how i perform and how much you know energy i put in it and this is something that still like to this day fascinates me and also like sometimes i can't even cope that i'm in such a like i wouldn't say lucky but just in a beautiful position where I can just do my own stuff and, you know, as I said, put in work and then get results and just see, okay, man, I'm making progress here. Like something's moving. I can create something and people like it or either they don't like it, but I'm still learning, you know, and that's the most beautiful thing about it is that I can, you know, do trial and error mm. and just grow. That's, that's mm. the main thing, just growing. And I think there's also very interesting discussions going on uh, where it's like uh, nature versus nurture. So mm -hmm. do you think that you are like a maybe a born entrepreneur or was it the influence also from maybe your parents that had a business or maybe the environment that you were in? Um, it's funny because my mom sometimes asks me when I tell her, for example, when I told her, yeah, I'm going to record the podcast today. She's like, I don't know who you got that from. And I think... I wasn't born like this, in quotation marks. I think it's a result of the influence I was in and the influence I chose to be in, mm. to be surrounded by the people. Um, and then, you know, it was a result of all of the different factors that brought me to the you know spot I am today. So when you were like, uh, when you graduated school, as uh, most people, you also started to, to study at first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We also have to do, talk a little bit about the, 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 the failed. Um, how was that for you to, to make the decision to say like, okay, I think that could go somewhere and I stop maybe like uh, even investing in my future in, in the educational way in, in, in that sense. And I choose the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, to be honest, it was a very hard decision and a, quite of a hard time I was experiencing back then because um, I also had some personal stuff going on and I was just feeling like I was just, I reached a point where I thought, okay, I need to reset the stuff I'm doing right now. I need to, you know, find out what actually makes me happy and, you know, how I want to spend my time and I don't want to stick to any you know, any expectations or because usually you would think if a, if a person quits his study, then he's an idiot or he's too dumb to do it or whatever. Mm. And obviously I also had that into, <clears throat> I had to add that into my equation. I was afraid I was 
nervous what people would think because back then it was such a big thing in my mind but then i decided okay man i just need to do it can i swear sure fuck it <laughs> fuck it i need to do it fuck it i need to do it and i'm just gonna try it and if it doesn't work then at least i have the experience and that i tried you know and i, I find it even more remarkable because especially in germany like uh, maybe 10 years ago uh, it was not such a big market it was not so so huge I, i know that america like it already started like back in the yeah. i don't know 90s yeah when yeah, they, yeah definitely when, yeah. when they they resold the the, the air torrents and those yeah. kind of things but in germany i think it was the uh, actually like a puma shoe right that uh, launched the whole oh yeah i think i remember co yeah. collaboration with uh, bathing ape right true yeah But that was all before my time. Like yeah, back then, I exactly, didn't realize, exactly. Yeah. But but I think this was like when it when it like started, and when you yeah. watch documentaries, that like the established uh, sneaker guys, uh, the the they talk about that, like oh, with bathing ape, that was like a big deal. And uh, but you know, and, and that's why I find it even more like remarkable that you that you chose on such a young age uh, to do that. What did it mean for you to move to Amsterdam? Like you were, but did you live in Munich before? Yeah. So I moved from okay, <laughs> little curriculum vitae. I moved from that small village to Munich and then I moved within Munich and then I moved to Amsterdam. Okay. And when I moved to Amsterdam, it meant to me leaving my comfort zone because I knew if I just stayed in Munich, I would keep on, you know, buying, selling shoes, etc. It would just go on. I would earn good money. I could have a good lifestyle. But I had the, like the feeling in the back of my mind that I was stagnating and that there was no like real development. So when I got the opportunity to move here, at first I didn't really think about it. But then again, I just thought, fuck it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, yeah. you know, what am I afraid of? And then I decided to move here. And that was, looking back, a very, very good decision. Maybe one of the best in my life. Yeah. And uh, we had like a, a small call before, before we recorded the podcast. And you told me that you started studying again. Yeah. Uh, international business exactly maybe first of all why international business and second of all why why studying again uh, first of all international business because obviously i am already operating multinationally mm -hmm. so i thought that might come in handy and second of all why am i studying again because again as i told you when i was leaving munich i had the feeling huh i'm stagnating again like i need a new challenge maybe or I want to learn also more theoretical stuff and then combine it with the practical aspect of my business. And then I thought, yeah, again, fuck it. Let's just start studying again. Let's give it a second try. And if it doesn't work, then yeah, okay. Like, then I'm gonna just keep working. Yeah, nothing it's happens. Yeah. No biggie, you know. But I've been like already, it started five or six weeks ago. And I definitely experienced that conflict of interest because when I'm in a lecture, And I have a VIP client texting me like, yo, bro, can you get me these? I've got a, some special occasion tomorrow. Then I'm not going to, be fair, and sorry if anyone from uni hears this, <laughs> but then I'm probably not going to pay attention to the lecture, but rather care about my customer and, yeah. you know, deliver the shoes. So he's happy, I'm happy. Zack. So I definitely experienced that I kind of live in two worlds right now. And I have this one world where, you know, selling sneakers and I can fulfill myself, I can express myself, I'm like, I can be creative, I can try things, I can test. And then on the other hand, I have to learn, you know, quadratic uh, equations again. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, man, Leo, what have you got yourself into? But I, I force myself to see the bigger picture and see it in the long run. And I totally understand that now it's more about the basics, but as soon as I can, you know, get into more specific things like um, looking at marketing or they also have a subject called uh, creative entrepreneurship. That's what I'm really looking forward to. And that's why I started. So I definitely want to keep going, but I also know it's, it's not going to get easier. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the general problem with your universities, right. Um, to connect a little bit the educational part with the business part. And for probably 90% of the students, um, it's okay because they don't have any side hustle. They don't have any side business, but for everyone that has, it has no priority. And sometimes it's also difficult to like find the, the, the connection points. But from like my own experience, I can say that a lot of times it was uh, quite funny that you learn something in, 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 in school or in, in university. And then you thought I will never in my, ever in my life will, can use this, this knowledge. 
and uh, like I think two years after I graduated, I was sitting with a client and we had like a project work about uh, like a like an EDM uh, like business uh, in the Netherlands. And all of a sudden I was sitting like with that company, with that EDM company, and I knew everything about them, like when they were founded, when they were like sold. <laughs> when they, and this uh, CEO said to me at one point, like, how do you know all that <laughs> stuff? Like you really did your research, but it was because I worked three months in a project and we, we had that. So sometimes you think like this is such a useless knowledge and you will never use it again. And then you sit in a situation and it's, it was super beneficial for the business because it was quite a big deal for our company. And he liked me very much because he said like, wow, you're really prepared. You have like your shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this <laughs> is really cool. But yeah, I, I think maybe it's like also like a one-off. I hope that it ho happens uh, more often. But uh, yeah, this is something that, that can happen as well. So it's always uh, a difficult mixture, I think. True. And I think like afterwards you can look back and see how, like how it all made sense and how this piece of knowledge benefited you in this specific situation. Yeah. But when you're at the beginning, you can't see that yet, no, you know? No. But I think, yeah, I mean, this example shows it as well. But it's a good choice. I think it's, it's always nice. Like, uh, we are like uh, 15 20 minutes in now in the talk and i can already see there's like a, a red line of uh you have a couple of fuck it moments <laughs> where you say I like do. Oh, i'm yeah. sorry i'm sorry for swearing <laughs> yeah but 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 it's nice it's nice to see so um maybe every time when you it also shows your drive so every time when you get a little bit bored you want to challenge yourself you yeah. want to do something yeah. else and i think that's key to to keep on innovating and uh, yeah Let's talk a bit, little bit about uh, HDG sales. So course, first of all, of uh, why HDG sales? So what does it mean? <sighs> to be honest, okay, that's also a very funny story. Um, back when I was 15, 16, we used to have like our gang of friends and HDG is an abbreviation. I can't uh, tell you what it is, what it stands for, but it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Some, someday, I'm gonna uh, you're gonna you reveal what, it, what okay. it means. Yeah. Whatever. So that was like the abbreviation for our gang click. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, hmm, if I just have three letters, that's not gonna be enough to tell the people like what I'm doing. So then I thought, hmm, I'm just at sales at the end to it. Like I didn't think about it at all. And then I just went with it, you know. And since then I just went with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite funny because I first saw the logo of mm -hmm. HGG sales um, in a coffee, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, because I was working a lot in that coffee and I first thought it was a logistics company. Like in the end, it's not wrong. I, I mean, you are kind of mm -hmm. like in logistics uh, mm -hmm. as, as well. But when I saw it and then when I first talked to, to Benny, and he said like, oh yeah, we have that sneaker business and everything. So that was like, oh damn, so that's what it means. So that, that was quite quite funny. So that's that's also how I basically got, got to know HGG sales. First of all, big, big shout out to Benny. And second of all, many people tell me that they think it's a logistics company. And I feel like obviously it's not optimal because I could also like put a sneaker in there. But I also feel like it's something funny, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it's a surprise moment as well. Like Exactly. And I mean, if people see, then they know what we stand for can you take us back to the moment that you really 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 decided to go for hdg sales like what was your initial plan with it i mean you said before okay i realized hey i can do a business but what's the first step like how did you get started did you start with a facebook page with an instagram page with how tell take us back okay so how most of the sellers start um they enter specific facebook groups for example verband botanischer gärten it's a, like the biggest streetwear group on Facebook in Germany. And since there's general demand for the pairs you're selling anyways, you can just sell them within that group and have access to a huge, uh, you know, like huge amounts of clients that are interested. So this is how it started. I used to sell also like often locally. And then when it became bigger, I thought, man, if I just keep selling within that group, then I'm also dependent on that specific group. And I don't have, like, I'm, I'm not going to be independent as in, I don't have my own platform, as in no web shop, no Instagram. I just want to make the transition to try that and establish a brand. And then I set up my Instagram. And back then, man, it was so hard to grow. I used to do <laughs> outfit contests from my friends. So I would post a story, put one picture on the left, one on the right hand side, 
and then let the people choose and then give the winner a shout out just like try to grow like a community and also grow organically and i used to vote like the top comments of the last post and stuff man i used to try everything yeah. and then i just you know remained posting consistently and just putting it work and for a long 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 time it didn't really work like i i saw okay i maybe did like 100 new followers per two months or something which is horrible like that's not not something that you look at and be like ha, it's running well yeah this is super nice um but then i just decided to keep going just because it was also okay this is gonna sound mad corny but like my ticket to freedom in some way or my ticket to express myself how i wanted to and also corny and oversaturated but be my own boss to mm. be honest it was just my my ticket to achieve all these things that i had stacked up in my head that i would see every day just you know to get that and live that life and with that in mind i just tried to keep going and remain motivated and then also as we said the crucial steps were definitely first of all moving out from that village then um, quitting uni and then moving here those were vital steps in my mm. development and how long was the time of not growing because that's very interesting i think <sighs> okay so i started my instagram <laughs> actually like last week i look at the archive with the old stories and old posts <laughs> and i started it back in the beginning of 2017 and but back then i didn't take it fully seriously like i used to post maybe once a week if i got some new stuff um but so i can tell you from 2017 until i started uni in like october 2018 i had a thousand followers and you know that's, that's and how much time did you how, how much time did you invest um Back then, also when I was still living at my parents' house, not too much, also not too much um, on marketing because I just sold within the groups and I, you know, I buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, mm. yada, yada, yada. But I didn't fully see the marketing aspect because I maybe also wasn't fully convinced that it would work out and that I would get like, you know, bigger results the more work I put into it. Um, but then moving to Munich and also being reassured that there's a huge market for it and that there's opportunities which I can, you know, take now. Then it started to grow faster because I decided to make Instagram ads, Facebook ads, work together with like a network of fashion accounts on Instagram that would, you know, post me, give me shout outs. I would ask my clients for shout outs. I just wanted to, you know, try and find out. And then I think maybe in june 2019 i hit 10k and now we're the third of october and i'm gonna hit 56k today okay so one and a half year, a little bit more than one and a half years then you reached like the the 10k yeah. and until it then it grew uh quite slow did you ever think of uh quitting and giving up oh yeah definitely but still to this day when I'm in a, like a, you know, cause since I want to like, I take this personally, the stuff that happens on HDG sales, like every single sale, every post, every design, every ad, everything, I take it personally. And I want to put my, my own work into it. And I want to deliver, I want to perform on the best level possible. And I want to also make my clients happy. I just want to, you know, perform a good job. It can be like it can get quite stressful and I know that I haven't fully figured out work life balance and, you know, take care of myself and just, you know, let work rest for a bit. Um, but also because it's so fun, but whatever. Um, man, I lost my what, what did I want to say? What was the question again? I'm yeah, sorry. I, I was asking like uh, if you if you ever thought of giving up oh, and yeah. also maybe how to like yeah. how did you overcome it or what kept you going? Yeah, um, especially in the beginning when I moved to Munich and I saw it growing, but I still wasn't satisfied and I had way higher expectations. I still, I still do. Um, or, you know, when 
sometimes just the, the stress takes over and I tend to see only the negative sides. But then when I, you know, speak about it with a friend and I can actually say all the stuff loud that's in my head, then I get an objective view on what's happening. But that's happened often. But usually what has really helped me is music in some way, just because I have a few songs that just push me again and enable me to, you know, keep mm. on going. And also just having my goal, which I haven't really specified in the back of my mind, is just something, you know, that, as I said, also, again, take it to freedom. Yeah, and inner drive. Yeah, this is what would help me. Awesome. I think it's a very cool story. So after a long waiting time, you mm. grew rather fast and now you're growing rather fast. And uh, for everyone, uh, really, really worth it. Uh, check out the Instagram at HDG Sales. Thank you, my guy. <laughs> and I think what is really remarkable that almost with one click, you can buy really, really cool sneakers. And that goes so seamlessly. But what happens behind the scenes? Like, how how big is your operation? How many shoes do you have on, on stock? Uh, how many people run this operation? Okay, so my own stock... <clears throat> is now around 200 pairs split between Amsterdam and Germany. And actually my sister, shout out to Helena. You're also the best. Um, she helps me ship out the inventory that like we have in stock. So I would get an order, tell her, okay, please ship the Air Jordan 1 mid Chicago black toe in a size 43 out now. This is the label. And then she gets a like a fixed fee per sale. And by the way, this is also something that makes me incredibly proud to be able to pay her with the stuff I do. Mm. And then recently, like two weeks ago, I kind of partnered with a friend of mine and he also helps me with shipping and backend stuff because Shopify can be a pain in the ass to operate. And also if you want to edit something, if you want to fix something, if you want to also optimize something, so um he's yeah he's my colleague now shout out daniel thank you and this is also a step that was crucial for me because i felt the stress getting to me and also not being able to like obviously i can tell my friends what's up and stuff but they're not fully in the scene or in no. the moment or they don't see the stuff i do but now i have you know daniel and my sister who I can talk to, we can share stuff, we can brainstorm about stuff, mostly Daniel and I. And that's something that, you know, really took the stress off my shoulders and that enabled me to focus on, you know, more creative stuff or bigger decisions in some way, because I'm going to launch a clothing line really soon. Oh. And this is what I'm very busy with right now. But that's also something where I can express myself and I can see the development, because I used to released t-shirts last year but in a quantity of like 30 or 40 which is you know it's not a big deal and it's also not a big deal if it doesn't sell out like mm. then you're just gonna have 30 t-shirts left but that's not the end of the world you know yeah. but now i just want to try to see if it works and if i can create something and create a vibe around it a move or a movement whatever um that makes people want to wear that product and this is something i want to achieve and i know i have like i know i have huge expectations to myself but that's also why i'm putting in so much work right now and my friends if they were here right now they could tell you man he won't stop talking about that stuff and like yeah. and when is it going to be released okay so i think all of the products should be ready by the end of next week or beginning of uh like the week after that one yeah. <laughs> and um then i'm gonna film a movie and i wrote a, i wrote a whole script and storyline and i thought about cinematography my vision look and feel of the movie it's gonna be very nice so i think it should be released in a month but then we're back to the conflict of interests because exactly in one month i'm gonna have my exam phase i'm gonna have four exams which I have to write, which I have to take. 
yeah again but yeah. it's just you know that's my challenge that's my own challenge and i decided to go that way and now yeah. i'm gonna try to perform but i think like from a long vision i think probably also the teachers or anyone is not gonna gonna like <laughs> to hear that but i think even if you take some some time to study maybe a half a year longer a year longer so yeah. what as as long as you build your your sustainable business on the side i think there's no one who says like oh you should study or yeah and even if they yeah. did like then at least i know yeah exactly yeah. and also it's just something like people think way too much about what what other people are gonna think of them for example like because you're like branded as an idiot or you know a lazy person if you take like half year longer or one year or one and a half years who cares like in the end it's about you and what you like make in that time and that's what it comes down to but it's also a little bit how you are wired as well like from a very early age in i i don't know how it is here in the netherlands because i didn't go to school here but in germany it's like it's especially in the in the region in bavaria where we come yeah, from yeah. it's very much like a uh, the educational system is very much okay you have to have like always good grades you have to go to to the highest education you have to study uh, exactly. to make it and everything so it's a lot of like uh, pressure and i think um, in the time that you are in school it feels very much as an obligation also to finish uh, I, I have the feeling that uh, in the us or also in other um yeah in other countries it's maybe also more normal to say like oh i quit school or i'm a, like a, you know i, I stop college yeah, or something college like dropout. exactly yeah <laughs> i mean it's kind of a cool story like oh i'm a college dropout yeah. and now an entrepreneur but also i think maybe that's a little bit too too much right now as well but now like you don't have to prove it to anyone anymore right so it's your life it's your true, like true, your true. own choice what 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 you can do talking about maybe like own choice so everyone also has their own choice where to buy something um why why are people trusting you and buying from you i'm asking that because i know that the counterfeit market is huge and it's mm -hmm, getting mm -hmm, bigger mm -hmm. and bigger and there are a lot of scammers out there um it's very difficult to buy something on ebay uh, or, or or someone or something uh, they they get better and better also with photoshopping the exactly. your name on it and saying yeah, like yeah, look yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, original yeah, yeah. and everything um how how do you create like that trust um within your your community so back when I started that whole thing um, my vision was I want to be that company or a person that I would have needed when I started to get into the scene like I want to be that person for someone <clears throat> that can tell you about fitting that can tell you about maybe wearability how you can combine stuff but also you can just be sure okay if I place an order for that shoe now i can be 100 sure that within a few days exactly this shoe in this size unworn authentic is gonna arrive at my doorstep and so yeah back when i started that was my vision this is what i want to reach so like obviously all of our shoes are authentic and every pair gets checked by the team um, but also what really boosted the social proof is just my clients posting stories especially the football players mm. Just because it's nice, like if um, if I send a Dutch customer or someone that's looking to buy something, <clears throat> one of my stories where Benny is standing with uh, Poke, the rapper, yeah. like and he just got like three pairs of these and he's like, oh, the plug, whatever. Then they know what's up and they know we're serious about this. Yeah. And yeah, then obviously Google reviews, that kind of stuff. And I try to also post as much original content as possible. So if my sister in Germany receives a shoe that was either bought on demand or just, you know, a new addition to the inventory, she will also post a story so that people can actually see, okay, this is not just stock pictures. This is actually like happening in real life. And this is the person I can talk to whenever I need anything. No, this I think really sets you also apart. Um, also when you do like the the unboxing videos I, I find them very cool because in the end um it's like just some dude in amsterdam unboxing it yeah. and setting it right yeah and but that makes it like also so real like it's not just like a i don't know a video on like a white table that could be yeah. anywhere you know exactly. like, that, that, that i think that is really cool that uh, you really like um set yourself apart in 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 that way and, and also innovate maybe like a little bit the, the sticker game can i add something to that sure. real quick um and also you know an account with almost 56,000 followers 
you know, you would expect that it's like only professional and you have like pre-made story content, you have a fixed schedule of posts, but I, you know, I decided against it and because I still want to have that personal aspect. And if I want to post a video of myself using our Instagram filter with like, uh, which one is going to be your next sneaker and then you tap of it and then you have like changing yeah. models on your head, then I'm going to post it because I don't want to be like that, you know, super serious corporate business guy. That's just uh, 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 like, I'm still me. I'm 21 years old. Let me have fun, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but that's actually, that's actually amazing. And you said like, I'm 21 years old, so you're quite young. Can you already look back and, and talk about your, your biggest learning or, or is that maybe too early? Um, I thought about it on the way here and I think my biggest learnings were rather decisions I took that turned out to be beneficial for my future. For example, also I, um, when I finished high school, I did an internship at Allianz in Unterföhring in Munich and I didn't like it at all, but it at least showed me, okay, I don't like this. What's the alternative or are there multiple ones? So this is something that, you know, it's not really big learning or whatever, but it's just something that developed me. And then I did an internship at a fashion agency and then I realized, oh, I really like fashion and I'm amazed by this world. I, I love it. And then that guy became my client. Shout out to you, Matthias. Thank you for everything. And then, you know, building up contacts by deciding and like by deciding, okay, today I'm going to ask him, can I do an internship at your place? Yeah. And can I, you know, just try to see how, how this world is. Yeah. That might be my key learnings. And also realizing and knowing that it's okay to fail. And if it doesn't work out as I had planned it out in my head, it's still okay. And it's not the end of the world. And you're just going to grow from that one as well. But in the moment, obviously that's sometimes hard, but I think I've, you know, just personal growth in general, because I know for sure, like if I didn't run that company, I also wouldn't be as conscious and extrovert as I am now. And I can't even imagine like me being invited to a podcast in Amsterdam. I'm just sitting here as if it's like the, the most normal thing in the world. Like that's just casual stuff that happens. And sometimes I'm amazed, like I didn't, when I look back, I don't really think about the learnings, but more of like, man, how did it, like, how did I get here? And mm. like the life I'm living now is just normal to me because I grew with my company, but sometimes in, you know, quiet moments or also right now, I didn't plan on like <laughs> telling you my whole life story and yeah, like yeah. my feelings and stuff, but <sighs> yeah, it's amazing. And that's really off topic as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't fully answer your no, question. But, but I think that that's, that's, that's it. I think one thing that you also really underestimate because I think it comes very, very natural to you is like building a network right because i mean this uh, podcast we had like already five shoutouts i think so <laughs> you, you realize how much um how much people you work with how much people you also trust um, and and i think this is also something that um is also super important when uh, getting vip clients maybe also question this direction how do we build up for example the like vip client base is, is it or the personal shopping base is it manual work or is it more like that they reach out to you and it's very like um, self-explanatory okay back when i was like at the beginning i just thought since i was back then still living in this super small village like we have four thousand inhabitants there's not that many vips you can reach out to so i thought hmm, i'm just dm people and if a random account with like 500 followers dms you be like oh, i got the coolest sneakers send me money like <laughs> the majority of people is not going to answer um but i just kept going and trying it and then i think my first very good client was a player that back then played at um red bull salzburg and then he got his like first pair his uh colleagues from his team saw it and then they would buy something and then in the end it just you know 
that's also networking and social proof. And now most of the, like basically almost every single day, some, some person from like the top leagues within Europe DMs me and is like, yo bro, I got your, uh, Instagram account from that guy. Man, do you still have his Jordans in stock? This is how it how it works now, and this is yeah. also something it just surreal, unbelievable to me. Because yeah. also, man, when I was when I was younger, like fourteen, I think every boy wants to become a footballer, like pro footballer, played Bayern Munich. But I was way <laughs> way too bad at football. But then, it, like you know, it also makes the little kid inside me a bit happy, and like I don't know, it's just nice. Yeah, and and. Um, Are they then very open to say like, oh yeah, you can share like pictures of me or something or, or do they want to like sell and be like a little bit behind the scenes? They're like, okay, I bought it, but I don't want to have it on social media. Mm -hmm. um, it depends, but I think it's very important in general when you ask for social proof that you don't ask for social proof. It's like in my head, it should rather be a decision made in their head because they're so satisfied with the, you know, with the, Like they, because they had such a nice client experience, customer experience. Wow. Yeah. Um, and like they make the decision to post it. And if they don't, I totally understand that. But most of the times they would send me a picture when they arrived. Like, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> finally got them. So yeah. nice. Thanks. And but if they don't post a story, then I don't post anything. Okay. What was for you the the game changer in terms of content creation. What do you think? Why did you all of a sudden take off? Instagram product tagging. I feel like this is one of the most, 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 most important things that I, you know, found out about and then implemented into my business. And that's also, that was completely random because I knew a guy from that one Facebook group and he was very Instagram savvy and he knew what's up and then he told me about that and back then i didn't even know like i also didn't think that an account as small as mine could do that and that i could connect my instagram to my web page and that was 100 a game changer because then as you said it's it's just seamlessly you know you see my post tap on the picture tap on the product boom you're on the website and this is probably the the most important thing that actually changed things no from a marketing perspective. How do you, maybe it's a little bit like a complete different topic, but how do you manage to have such a high output? Because I found it amazing that in the end you're 20, uh, 21 years old, <laughs> you <laughs> you study, but you still find so much time to create a content, to do the VIP shopping, <laughs> to take care of so many clients, to take care of the shipping, to arrange everything with your sister. Like, how is it possible? Do you have any, like, uh, I don't know, morning routines? Do you have any gym life or any anything that that you could say like okay i i just stay sane or i have my routine yeah okay what, what really helps me is going to the gym and i recently discovered that like one like the chain i go to basic fit um has a location like two minutes away from my flat so in the morning i would wake up maybe at around 8 7 30 hit the gym and not take care of any dms emails yet just do my stuff, listen to good music, just work out, have a good feeling about myself, come home, shower, take a look at Instagram. Okay, what happened? What do I need to take off? Maybe right now, are there some returns I need to take care of and that kind of stuff? Then it's around 12 and I already finished a few tasks. Then I post for the first time. And then at two again, at four, at six, during the day, my sister, And also my colleague Daniel, they will post stories as well. So story content is there. I do the feed posts. And um, then, yeah, obviously, if I get an urgent DM, I try to take care of it immediately. But yeah, obviously, it's, <laughs> it's very stressful. And I'm working on it to find a better balance. Also something I went to, you know, went to the OBA, which is the library in Amsterdam, the big one, uh, just to work because it's very nice and also interesting to me to divide work and home because then when I come home, I also made the differentiation in my head. Okay, I performed today. I did a good job, but now 
I can just chill out and relax. And this is something I don't have if I just work at home because then, you know, there's always stuff you can do. Also with the with the clothing I'm trying to release, like designs. Is that really the final design? Is that really the final song? Should I change up something in the storyline? Should I change up the script? Uh, should I maybe not upload more products right now? There's always stuff you can yeah. do. Instagram never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. And that's yeah. also like I see the danger in it just because I can always use my business as an excuse to keep on using Instagram. And I know that's true. But then in the end, does it make it any better if I'm just stuck to my screen? Like, I don't know, yeah. 16 hours per day. And how do you switch off? Like I said, is that then like, okay, you, you said gym, but for me, it didn't really make the impression that you switch off. It's more like getting into the working mode. Yeah. How, sure. do, how do you switch off? Is that uh, watching Netflix or reading books or? Usually, like, I think I have such a short attention span due to stuff happening all the time that if I'm on my own, I can't really watch a Netflix episode just because I think, ah, do I really want to spend like one hour of my life just looking at a screen and not be productive? Because I could be uh, like both at the same time. I could do this now, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So most of the time it's, it's with friends just because they also know, like they know me and they, you know, they know I have to do stuff often. But then, for example, <laughs> one of my friends would be like, oh, put your phone away, idiot. You know, that kind of stuff, which brings me back to the real world and tells me, okay, maybe this is not something that needs to be taken care of right now. It's just got time. And also, you know, I like <clears throat> also during the years and months I've been doing this, it's just nice to sometimes, you know, take the stress out of it, out of the equation and just think like, is it really that urgent or should it really make you feel that bad if you can't take care of a request? today but tomorrow but when i'm in this situation it's you know it's like the biggest task in my mind like man i need to deliver that kind of stuff but um i think that's also something that's got to, got to do with personal growth and just learning stuff how to cope but yeah i think it's friends friends and music yeah is there is there still something that you want to prove to yourself um definitely And also like, okay, this is going to get a bit personal, but back when I quit uni and some stuff happened, I like one of my key motivations was to prove it to different people, like to the other people to tell them, okay, uh, yeah, you chose that way. I chose this way. Let's just meet again in like five years. And then I'm going to show you that you didn't like break me down. You didn't get me down and stuff. But, you know, after some time, I also learned it's just learning and growing that I do this stuff for myself and it's also not going to make me any happier if I keep comparing myself because then I can also you know if I'm better than anyone yeah okay but if I'm worse than anyone then you know it's like it's not gonna be beneficial to me so I learned to try to you know not compare myself all the time and just know okay I'm in my own lane and the stuff I do is good. And if it's not good, then I can fix it. And yeah, that's probably like my, I think that was also a key learning for me from a personal side, because obviously since this business is also personal, the stuff I learned in my personal life will be reflected in the business and the outcome. No. Out of my own experience, I know that coming from a small village <laughs> and doing things that are maybe not in line with the social terms and conditions, mm -hmm. uh, doing things differently, uh, investing into digital marketing, uh, do, do, uh, being an entrepreneur, not having like a, a, I don't know, like a traineeship and then working in a company for 25 years, finding a wife, uh, building a house and living ha happily ever after. Did you experience a lot of negativity in, in your environment? Well, was it more like, oh, look at this guy. He has 400 followers and he thinks he's the biggest uh, sneaker flipper in Europe. Mm -hmm. Or was it more, was it a lot of uh, positive reinforcement to say like oh yeah go for it like it's so cool that you do that 
Um, I think there were definitely some negative voices, but that's, you know, that's always the case, but I didn't really, you know, pay attention to that. But yeah, as you said, since it's very conservative, yeah. conservative, like for example, when I was 15, 16 and I started to wear my first sneakers that were a bit more extrovert and, you know, something else. And I used to wear them to uh, football practice. Some people would see them and be like, uh, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Like, are you crazy? Like, uh, what's that supposed to be? You look like blah, blah, blah. And they just, you know, make fun of you. And I think, uh, yeah, that's also got something to do with the mentality. But I also saw that within the years, the scene also became bigger in the city or in the area where I grew up in. So in the end, whatever, yeah. you do you. I think you said a couple of times already uh, in, in this podcast Is there something that if you if that your younger self would not believe about you today? Um, it's funny because actually like four days ago I was talking to a good friend of mine and I asked her that question like would your younger self be proud of you right now? Would it look up to you? And she asked me like I asked her and then she asked me back and I think I don't know if, if it's like my 12 year old me and he would see that I now live in Amsterdam and I've been invited to you know talk about my own stuff like like how often does that happen in like regular persons not regular person's life but like what are the chances to be invited to talk about the sh sorry the stuff you do like for your living like it's just unusual kind of um, so I think he'd be quite proud of me and yeah I th yeah I think it's mainly positive yeah D do you think that everyone has a calling uh, mm, mm, it depends so I'm not a fan of you know people saying oh this is in my fate or it's just all gonna come I feel you definitely have to put in work yourself and I think you can, you know, calculate luck a bit if you put yourself in positions where you can get luckier. For example, if I wouldn't have started that thing with Benny getting new clients in Amsterdam, if I then wouldn't have moved to Amsterdam, this connection would have never been established. And this is a result of steps I took. But the danger of looking at things this way is also that you tend to blame yourself when stuff goes wrong, you know? Because if you say, uh, I took this step and then this positive outcome came, then you can also say, I took that step and that negative outcome came. So I think this is also, there's not a, you know, definitive answer to it, but in the end it just comes down to, you know, trying also to be a respectful human that's kind and just doesn't, you know, why would you, annoy people on purpose to make yourself feel better that's you know that's a short-term happiness for you but but it's, it's a long maybe long-term damage Ex <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um yeah what about you what do you think um i had yesterday i had a guest and she said that she thinks that you have like um callings in in phases mm -hmm. so like in this life phase like this is your mm -hmm. like calling this is what you should do um and yeah sometimes i also think so sometimes uh, you are in situations and you think wow i would never be here if i would have never done it yeah and when you think back a couple of years then you realize that everything that you did on this day to make this step spoke actually against it that yeah. all odds were against you yeah, like yeah, you shouldn't yeah. do it yeah, uh, I, yeah. I i came to the netherlands to study here i was so bad at english like i'm not even kidding like uh -huh. I arrived the first day, I talked to the people, I, I said to some, someone like, oh, how, like, oh, you also speak Netherlands? Oh, and you know, like, like this. That's a rookie mistake. So, but but <laughs> this, this is how bad my English was. Uh -huh. I, it was, it was horrible. And 
looking back, maybe I should have not done it. Maybe I should have not moved to the Netherlands and study internationally, but yeah. I wanted to do it, you yeah. know? So, yeah, exactly. uh, and, and I wanted to break out of maybe like the, the patterns that, that I was in. Yeah. And even though everything spoke against me, yeah, today I have a podcast, an English speaking podcast uh, and interviewing people. Yeah, that see? Are so that's crazy. So in the end, like, yeah, do everyone has a calling. I, I do think so. I think that several steps lead up to your calling it's maybe not the podcast it's maybe not uh, the job that you do but in the end of your life you will maybe say like ah see this was my thing why i was here and why i made maybe the world a better place exactly or why i made a lot of people and happy. you could have just decided to quit exactly you know, because it was hard like yeah also for me uh when you told me it was going to be in english like obviously i can speak english but i know i can get my point across better in german like i can 100 say the stuff that i want to say in german so i also thought ah that might be a challenge but in the end like also if my english was worse i still would have had to try it because yeah. like you know if people want to make fun of my english yeah go go ahead <laughs> Bro, yeah. it makes you exactly. feel better yeah. go ahead <laughs> yeah but yeah but i appreciate that you uh remained in amsterdam and decided to stay here and that's you know, also why we're here today <laughs> exactly also starting yeah. up the podcast that's also not something everybody does you know yeah a lot of people do right now <laughs> but yeah but like also yeah also there you have to you have to stand out you have to try to be different and, yeah. and do things uh, differently and that's also why and also put in extra hours because as we're recording this it's uh, 11 a.m on a saturday <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so i think correct. that definitely speaks for you that you yeah. decide to you know you just want to started and make it into you know make it make it attraction yeah. yeah i also have to go through the phase of waiting two years to grow <laughs> 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 not looking forward to this <laughs> i'm gonna help you cool i i slowly want to bring this uh, to an end yeah. um i found it super super interesting uh, to get your views on how you started your business your perseverance your your unlimited amount of of drive that that you have that you always want to keep going you always uh, want to strive for for more i find that really really crazy i think you are on the one hand super reflected on the other hand not at all so th <laughs> there's a really really nice i think to see sometimes the the split and like the the, the internal struggle of answering like exactly I actually man. i want to do this but i also don't know yet so i, exactly. I think that is very cool to yeah. see that you are still like in a in a big learning phase but also on the other hand you have already so much established patterns that you know that you work too hard you know that you have to like come down a little bit and this is really really cool to say uh, to see um I have always three final questions, um, quick questions. Uh, so first question is, if you, uh, what are you not very good at right now and you want to become better at? Mm, inventory management. Which title would you give uh, this chapter of your life? Mm, chapter as in the last three years? I don't know what kind of chapters you have in your life. <laughs> you, feel, you have to decide it. What, what chapter you're in now. I feel like this might still be the intro to a nice movie <laughs> or something. The intro to a nice movie? Yeah. Like okay. I'm because... Or I don't know. I would say maybe like I'm writing the script right now. Writing a script. As in because I have so many ideas also about clothing and how I want to grow and like what kind of opportunities I want to take in the future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not there yet. I need to, you know, write it down, get it on a sheet of paper or whatever, and then take the necessary steps in order to reach it. And this is also something, you know, it's, it's my passion to try things. And I realized that in the last month as well, like also moving to Amsterdam, also taking this opportunity, You know, I just, man, I just want to achieve it. I just. Right. So trial and error would be maybe a, a good. Exactly. Good yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with that one. Trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question. It's always a little bit more like a, a visionary question. Um, if you could send um, SMS, uh, WhatsApp to every mobile phone in this world. Mm -hmm. So you have, I mean, back in the days it was 160 signs. So now it's a little bit more of WhatsApp. But what, what would you say? What would you send to all the people in this world with a mobile phone? I think probably if I got that opportunity, I would take the, oh, this is going to sound mad corny again, but I would take the business out of the equation. And if I had the chance to actually 
say something to every single human or at least every single human with a cell phone i would probably try to you know send something positive maybe a joke or something i don't know <laughs> you know something to brighten up someone's day cool hey leo thank you so much for being here i think it was really amazing uh, to have you here thank uh, you for having me today very cool answers and um, you guys stay tuned for the next episode Thank you again for listening to this episode. For me, the biggest learning of this episode is that if you find your passion, if you find your niche, and if you find what you want to do, then you just have to keep going and at one point it will turn out successful. Leo started with his um, sneaker platform when he was 17 and he kept going for two years and he had very, very slow growth and he still kept going. He kept on innovating his content. He, he never gave up and ultimately he succeeded. So I think this is like the biggest learning also for, for maybe for you. If you find your passion, just keep on going and keep doing what you do, even though when you grow very slow, um, it takes time until the other people realize that you produce good content. Uh, try to innovate, try to try out, experiment with different things. And at one point uh, you will have success like Leo as well. Until then, I hope to welcome you back for another episode of the 301 podcast next week. Take care. Yours truly, Marcus.